0: Hi, this is David Cousins of Straubs, and I'm on Michael's Record Collection. And judging by the number of records on the shelves there, he's got an enormous collection. And I'm so glad that he's added our new album, The Magic of It All, to his collection. In fact, I think you should tune in every week, because you never know, there might be many more magical records coming up. Michael's Record Collection.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Michael's Record Collection, where we talk about great music with the people who make it and the people who love it. This is episode number 113, and I'm very excited to welcome back to the show, David Cousins of the Straubs. You may recall that David was on the show way back in episode 7 to discuss the 2021 album Settlement. Straubs are back with a new album called The Magic of It All, and it was recorded in South Africa. It's got a very interesting backstory. And I can't wait to bring you my interview with David about that. Before we get started, I'd like to remind you to please visit michaelsrecordcollection.com where you can find links to everything, including my free newsletter. You can sign up for it, get it in your email every week. No spam. I'm not going to do anything as far as selling your email addresses. It just goes to your email box. You can read it or not. It's up to you. You'll also find a link to my Patreon at michaelsrecordcollection.com. And if you click on that link and go there, you can find the different levels of support. Starting at just $2 a month, you can support this independent podcast and my independent newsletter. There's also links there to all my social media outlets, but I will just tell them to you now. It's at Mike's Records on Twitter and at Michael's Record Collection on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. I also invite you to write to me at michaelsrecordcollection at gmail.com. Tell me what's on your mind, give me some ideas, or suggest a topic. All right, with all of the housekeeping out of the way, let's get to that interview with David Cousins of the Straubs. Here we go. Very excited to have back on the show David Cousins from the Straubs. David was on the show way back on Episode 7 to discuss the Settlement album in 2021, and we're here today to talk about the magic of it all brand new album
0: from the Straubs David thank you so much for your time oh no problem at all and it's a pleasure to be back and seeing you again
1: it's good to see you it's uh it's been a while but you obviously kept busy and this new album the magic of it all came out July 14th and this is a little bit different uh I mean you guys have always kind of Straubs music has always been whatever the Straubs wanted to make at that time it's a little bit different uh, it's got a little bit of a backstory about it because it was recorded uh, largely in Cape Town, South Africa. And I know a little bit about the story from seeing other interviews, but for my audience, tell me a little bit about how this project came about.
0: Well, Straub's is a continual evolution. It it never stops evolving. The band has always done that and always will do. Um, we were about two years ago, my partner, whose son lives in Port Elizabeth in South Africa, or Quebec, as it's now called, uh, she said, I'm going over to see Richard. Would you f- come, fancy coming over? And I said, I think so. It'd be lovely. I've never been over there. So we booked up to go. And I thought, well, it's six weeks' time. I'm going. I wonder if I can get any shows over there. So I lined up somehow four shows Solo shows, uh, just myself. uh, But then the the best bass player in South Africa said he'd like to play with me. So I said, That sounds good. And off we went. And we did four shows that were very well received. I had no idea whether anybody would ever remember who on earth I was because I'd never been to South Africa before. And uh, the last show we did in uh, Stellenbosch, about an hour outside Cape Town, we drew 400 people, which astonished me in the open air. It was a lovely venue. And i uh, just, in, in, with only six weeks' notice, which is very short for a, a show, short yeah. time, time. So I was absolutely thrilled. And afterwards, people were coming up and saying, Do you know, we listened to your records in the 70s. And I had an idea that we'd sold records over there because A&M Records told us, Oh, you're selling records in South Africa. <laughs> but because of apartheid, we just couldn't go. Yeah. So I was absolutely delighted with it. Anyway, uh, I, I was looking to go do some more recording, and I phoned up Skulk, and I said to Skulk Joubert, who was the bass player, and said, look, I, I want to come over and do some more shows. And he said, well, have you thought of the idea of recording here? And I said, no. He said, well, there's a documentary maker called Neil van der Venter, who wants to talk to you about making a documentary about the influence that Strauss had across the world and in particular in South Africa. But he would like to base it around recording the new album in a studio in Cape Town. So it all interlocked together, and we found ourselves in Cape Town. And I thought, well, Blue Weaver produced the last album, Settlement, so he ought to come and produce this one as well. Mm -hmm. And off we went. And there we were. We spent 14 days, consecutive days, from 10 o'clock in the morning until 7 o'clock at night in the same studio recording a whole bunch of new songs, and that is the magic of it all.
1: That is the magic of it all. Now, what was Blue's reaction when you said, hey, I'm going to go to South Africa and record an album?
0: Well, Blue lives in Germany. (laughs) (laughs) That's a hell of a long way. (laughs) Uh, he, He said it sounds very exciting and he, he knew a lot about South African music because he had been there before, and he knew a lot about the, the Guma music and the mango groove. And so he said that it's a very different musical culture, uh, but it the whole way of playing is, is not... You know, people play the drums, they hit skins on drums, but there's a different feel to the whole way in which they play, yeah. uh, which became very evident on the very first day. So, Neil's documentary, is that finished now? No, the documentary is still in progress. Okay. And it, it culminates, uh, the actual, uh, the main event is the South African musicians are flying into England at the end of the month. And then in the middle of uh, August, on the 9th of August, the 11th of August, big one, we are playing property, the uh, Fairport Conventions crop festival. Uh, in front of twenty-five thousand people, with the South African musicians who played, plus Blue Weaver, John Ford, and Brian Willoughby, Catherine Craig. It's an eight-piece band. It's going to be great fun doing, and we're so looking forward to it.
1: Oh, that that sounds amazing! Now, John, as I understand, is he the only one that uh, contributed um, remotely to this
0: album? Yes, it, it was. It was. It, it, he was in New York. He wanted to fly over, but to get from America, the USA, to South Africa is an 18-hour journey. And John just said, it's too much for me. I haven't flown that length of flight for years and years and years. So he said, can I do it remotely? So we said, fine. But we got on well writing songs together on the Settlement album. And I thought, well, John writes the most wonderful tunes Uh, And he phoned me up and said, I've got this song without any lyrics. Can you put lyrics to it? And about 15 minutes later, I sent him some lyrics back. What do you think of that? And he said, it's wonderful. And it turned out to be the song Our World with a choir on it, which sounded glorious. From the dark, a light emerges Bright as day, across the hill See the young man standing silent. Soon his child grows quiet and still. Raise our voices, sing together. Our world is yours and mine. Raise our voices. And then he came up with yet another tune uh, for a Christmas song. said, look, I haven't finished this off. It was originally in 4-4 four, four time, but we put it into 6-8. And that was Blue's idea. He said, let's change it from the regular 4-4. Four, four. Let's put it in 6-8. And that became Christmas Ghosts. And so that was John's contribution. But he was singing vocals as well. And it all sounds lovely to me. at last bleak house is open a ghost from the past the old christmas carols hard times can wait god bless us everyone Let's
1: celebrate okay, that was a bonus track on the album as i understand it right
0: uh, t- they're not really bonus out tracks. No. Um, the way you've got to look at an album is when we put an album together, uh, the vinyl album is is the one that you think of first. Mm-hmm. And a vinyl album is constrained to 20 minutes a side. So you have to choose the tracks you want to go on the vinyl album and make sure that running order balances, make sure that the the running order feels right, make sure that the keys don't, Run in where three songs are all in the same key. Make sure the tempos vary, etc. And it takes a long time planning a, a vinyl album. And what a lot of people don't know about vinyl is that to, when the sound, the needle is going through the grooves, the treble is coming out of the the up the up and down movement of the of the head of the record player, and the bass notes are coming from the side to side movement of the bass of the uh, uh, of these grooves. Now, when you get towards the centre of the record, the grooves get narrower and narrower, and that means you can't have tracks with heavy bass in the middle of a vinyl record. So all of that goes into planning the album, the vinyl album. That then left us with two tracks, which then became extra tracks which were put, went onto the CD. So they're not bonus tracks. But the lovely thing about it is it actually sounds like two completely different albums because the vinyl album ends with a melancholy feel with the song Wiser Now, mm-hmm. whereas the vinyl album ends with two upbeat tracks, The Lady of the Night and The Christmas Ghosts, and sounds as though there's a lot of hope and expectation in, in, the, in the CD, whereas the vinyl album is more reflective. Hmm.
1: Yeah, and I felt like there were some reflective songs on this album. Do you remember what the first song was that you worked on for this record?
0: Yes, uh, it was the magic of it all. Behold the view below Pirates in a pantomime Marching to and fro Saluting for a photograph Where life's long shadows fall This has been The, the magic rock with all We just sat down and they they said, what do you want to start with? And I said, well, I've got this song. And I put my guitar in its normal tuning. And then I detuned the bass string to a drop D, which is a a very regularly done thing, and started to play the chords. And immediately they fell into a sort of lovely feel and groove to the whole thing. And it took on, it was slightly slower than I'd written it when, when I was running through it at home. But it took on a lovely melancholy, almost reflective not melancholy, but reflective feel. And it, the song is both a travelogue, talking about the places we've been to around the world. Mm-hmm. It's a travelogue and looking back at the career of the band.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a lovely nostalgic piece, um and and one of the better songs. It's a it's a worthy title track. I like that you talked about the attention to detail that you have to pay to um, the running order of the songs, because that's, I think a lost art for a lot of bands and it is essential to maximize the, the listener's experience to get that right. So um, tell me what you thought of when you decided to make ready the opening track.
0: It's, it's difficult to find in a, a good opening track. Uh, I toyed between that and uh, the, The time has come for giving back. And both could have been the opening track. But I decided in the end on ready because it's a very unusual, not an unusual time sequence, but it's in seven, eight, which again, you don't really notice uh, unless you start counting it. So you have to go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. But it means that it drives. The vocal along much more rapidly than would if it was in straight four four, and you don't notice it until the instrumental section comes in, which was actually in four four, but it gives a lovely loping feel to the the track, and it seemed to be the the obvious track to start with, so it was either a straight four four track or something much more interesting in seven eight. Blocks, wilderness fields, a rubble of rocks, snow piling high in a wintry storm. We huddle together to keep ourselves warm.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting also from the perspective of, I've heard you speak about this song on another interview, about it being sort of from the perspective of a of an Old Testament prophet.
0: <laughs> I'm not that old, I'm not a prophet. <laughs> <laughs> well, some people say. But anyway, um, no, it, it's a song that, uh, the, the, the trouble is there's a lot of uh, movement in the world at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's, it's all down to the, uh, based around water lack of water. Uh, Because the the African countries, uh, the water's drying up in certain regions, and there's a whole migration of people moving towards water. They move towards the next country with water. And then there's also the movement towards prosperity, where people seem to be having a better life. And there's a lot of moving away from war and so on. So there's a lot of migration going on in the world. And so there's that plus. Uh, it, it's almost with the temperature changing as well as it is and going up and the incredible high temperatures we've had just recently, it, it's all leaving, do you, turning into a climatic sort of ca- possible catastrophe. Mm. These could, this could be the end of the world building up. I know it's going to take thousands of years, but it's it's got this feel about it. And so, when you look back on the biblical, in biblical terms, you look back at cities crumbling, the 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 foundations of cities crumbling, of cities running in blood, etc. So, uh, dust turning into blood. Who will survive the fire and flood? And then it sort of felt almost like a call and answer, where you've got an Old Testament prophet standing up on 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 top of the mountain and calling out this song. And and the people answering back, we are ready. Are you ready? Are we ready? And when we do it on stage, I'm sure we haven't played it on stage yet. It's going to be, I hope, just that reflection coming back to us. Yeah.
1: You mentioned that time has come for giving back. That happens to be my favorite song on the album.
0: Politicians making deals. Arms all smeared with grease Markets rule the masters Wonders never cease We are prisoners of conscience Counting days to our release Fight for what is right Power into light Darkness into light The time has come for giving back The time has come for giving back
1: have been involved in charitable endeavors before is that kind of what inspired the lyrics to this song or was there something else specifically that you were going for
0: no it's it's just the way in which politics is moving in, in particularly in this country uh, there's a lot of uh, the political upheaval that's been going on for the last three or four years is quite dramatic and i i, I reflect on what's going on in the world around me and, and that's the story of the Straub's songs if you like The continuity of Straub's is actually the continuity of the songs as they progress from album to album. And I've always been a songwriter who reflects on what's going on in the the world around me. And had I been born 200 years ago, I might have been in the child ballad books, you know, because I write songs about historical events going on, uh, particularly on the album Grave New World, for example, or New World as the title is. Uh, or grave new world Big pardon the song new world which was a reflection on the battle between protestant and catholic in northern ireland i've always written about that sort of thing and so not, it was nothing new to write about that it's just a reflection on the political situation at the moment and there's the Again, there's an awful lot of poor, very poor people. There's a great gulf between the very, very rich and the very, very poor, and it only it seems to be getting wider and wider.
1: What is it about political events and and conflicts that sort of, and historical events that sort of spurs your muse, that that kind of lights a fire for you? Do you know? Do you know where that interest comes from?
0: It it doesn't inspire me so much as it is something that. Actually, is happening to me. If you like, I mentioned the song that, the, well, the hangman and the papers. Take that as an example. That's a song about the battle between uh, Catholics and Protestants, uh, where the the the, the Protestant uh, king and the Catholic uh, soldier he refused to show, show allegiance to the king. So, the, but that reflected the situation in Northern Ireland. But it also reflected a situation within my own family situation where my, my first dad died when I was six months old. My mother married again when I was six. I was baptized a Catholic, but my brother and sister were baptized as Protestants. And so there, it wasn't a conflict within the family. it's just that I went to the Catholic Church and my brother and sisters went to the, the Church of England Church. So there was when that battle was going on, uh, the troubles in Northern Ireland, it became very apparent. that it, it just reflected my family situation. So I, I just sat down, and the words just poured out.
1: Okay. So these, these when you see them, you see them as uh, the personal connection that you have to these uh, events and these periods of time.
0: Yeah. Virtually every song is written. Every line in every song reflects something that has happened to me re- recently or historically. Mm. Okay. They're, they're all written from a personal perspective. And there are little. I don't write exactly, you know, like a newspaper reporting on it. Sure. I I I cover it up and put little clues in it and let people work it out for themselves. And I think that people like to do that. They 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 like working out what else is I'm talking about and and putting their own in their own interpretation on it. And that's very rewarding because I get. Well, I used to get more letters. People don't write letters anymore. But I uh, used to get letters from people saying, um, I was in hospital and I was listening to your songs and uh, they, they were a great comfort to me and helped me to recover from this illness that I had. In fact, there was one young lady from Canada who came all the way over and just knocked on the door at 8 o'clock one evening and said, can I talk to you? And I said, well, yeah, sure, come in. And it turned out she'd she'd been in hospital uh, having uh, electro shock treatment, and she'd listened to the records, and it 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 it, it cured her. And she was wanted to say thank you. So that is a very rewarding thing to happen. And many couples came up to us, especially in America and and Canada, to say we got married to one of your songs. It was the last. It was Autumn, the first song. on on Hero and Heroine. And they say the last part of that was our wedding song. Either they marched down the aisle to it or they it was their first dance. And again, that's very rewarding to have.
1: Yeah, I imagine so. That's uh, it's a fantastic choice, too. So we have something new from the strobs. We don't often get a lot of uh new things, but we have uh, some saxophone appearances on this album, especially on All Along the Bay. Uh, and and slackjaw Alice, so um, the introduction of the sax is a little something a little different for you guys. How did that sort of uh, start? How do, who whose idea was that? Was your your idea or uh, bouncing off a of blue or?
0: It was a pair, a pair of us together. Blue was very familiar, as I said, with with South African music, having listened to a lot of it, and said that the the, the sax is one of the primary instruments. And the guma rhythm, uh, spelled G-H-O-E-M-A, is the South African, or particularly in Cape Town, is the local rhythm. Uh, As as we were told, if you go up and down the street to any bar or cafe, there'll be guma music coming out at the door. And so we were aware of that, and we wanted to put the flavor of South Africa on it, I came up with a chord sequence. Blue said, well, we ought to do that. We put that chord sequence down. And then uh, I said to Blue, I think we need organ on that. He said, no, no, no. I said, no, go on, put some organ on it. And then he he said, well, I think we need sax on it as well. And so then it became a a, a good cooperative thing that we did. And Byron Abrahams is an astonishing sax player uh, and how on earth he comes up with all those harmonies, etc. It, it was remarkable, but there you go. And uh, I, I, I've heard many, many records. I've always thought it would be nice to have a sax on a, on a song, a straw song, and here we are with two. There you go. The time's so good. Music as it should have should. mock mango groove, anything that makes you move. Anytime, day or night, someone's in the spotlight all along the bay. Um, Slackjaw Alex, Alice.
1: Uh, has accordion also, and it gives it a, a feel like Cajun Zydeco music from like Louisiana. Um, but I don't know if that's coincidental. Is that also sort of reminiscent of that South Africa sound that you've been talking about?
0: Again, that was reminiscent of the sound. It was the yeah. way in which the drummer played played it. And again, then Blue put some accordion on it. And it just sounded, it fitted the, the, the track itself. Uh, and the track is one of my, little songs where you have to work out what it's all about. And the clues are in there. They're not very very difficult to pull out. Mm -hmm. It could be about, say, maybe a politician. It could be about royalty. It could be about financiers. It could be any, you know, you've got to work it out for yourself. And that's what these songs are about. It's, uh, don't write songs that people can follow it through and make it very simple. But then I contradict myself occasionally and write song, a song which is very simple, such as, um, you know, the song which I'm most proud of, Everybody Means Something to Someone. shelf, you got time on your hands, feeling you sorry for yourself, maybe someone's waiting for the phone to ring, think of the surprise your call might bring, everybody means something to someone.
1: And tell me about that one. Why is that? Why is that one that sticks out as one you're particularly proud of?
0: Well, it was written. I I live about five minutes from the sea. Um, I can walk out and down there. And walking along that beach is a very beautiful thing. It's a huge bay, about miles and miles and miles of it. And you can walk for miles along the bay. And there have been many shipwrecks on on that on that particular stretch of water and there are little rows of fishermen's cottages, and it's very atmospheric walking down there. And there was a, a, an art exhibition some years ago, and there was a little plaque left on the wall uh, by so a piece of driftwood carved in it as a fish, and it said, everybody means something to somebody somewhere. Hmm. And I thought, oh, that's, a, that's very nice. So I brought it back home, went ran it down to myself, and that was far too long to use so i just changed that but then i thought we don't I began to think to myself we don't communicate to, with one another these days everybody is talking to one another online you don't send a letter to anybody you don't pick up the phone anymore you, you don't send emails even so i thought well send somebody a note Let's pick up the telephone and uh, pick up or or send somebody a letter And the song, I then thought, why not make it a very simple message that people can follow, and maybe they will do just that. And having played the album through, that is the song that people seem to have picked up on as being the one that means the most to them.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's a good one. Paris Nights sounds very autobiographical. Uh, I understand this is from your your travels personally to that city. Uh, What is it about Paris that captures your imagination?
0: It's just a magical city to to visit, anyway. But I just happen to live on the beach, and it's very. The ferries go out of of Dover to to France, uh, just five miles down the road, and it's very. It used to be, mind you, uh, very easy to get across on on a ferry and go to France and take the car and drive down to Paris. That's a lovely. There was a lovely thing to do, or to fly over to Paris go up to Gatwick Airport, get on a plane and fly to Paris, maybe just for a weekend or for three or four days. And the city, when you land there, uh, there's something magical about it. It's a a beautiful city. Uh, The museums are magnificent. Uh, And the the Notre Dame Cathedral uh, is is beautiful. And thank God they're beginning to to do it up again now and repair it. Uh, And it'll look more, more better than it ever did, I hope. Yeah. But having stood outside it and uh, come back and about just half, well, three or four months later, the whole place burnt down was heartbreaking. But it is, it. the sidewalk cafes are just a totally different experience. The restaurants are different. The whole feel of the city is different. And the people are different. And I speak reasonable French, schoolboy French. But it's reasonable French. So I thought I'd stick some French words in the middle of it just to for a bit of fun. And we were very popular in Canada. And so I wrote uh, the song Grace Darling and translated that into French. And the last time we played in Quebec City, I'd, I introduced the whole song in French and told the story of Grace Darling in French and then sang it. And you could have brought well, I could have brought the roof down. The, the audience absolutely loved it. And so it. Paris has got something magical for me, and I wanted to put the song on. Plus Blue, the game, plays really traditionally Parisian or uh, accordion on it. It just sounds, you could be in Paris. Paris works its magic charm, smiling couples, amen now, wide eyes glow, soon you know, l'amour est toujours prêt.
1: Um, Yeah, let's talk about the lineup. Obviously, yourself on vocals, acoustic guitar, electric dulcimer, Blue Weaver, who produced the album uh, on piano, organ, mellotron, accordion, John Ford uh, vocals, and they also, uh, Blue and John also contributed a little to the writing. You had five musicians from South Africa. Um, How did you find these particular uh, musicians? You already talked about Scott Schaubert. Uh, what about Kevin Gibson, Byron Abrams, uh, Moritz? Well,
0: they 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 were all in, they were introduced to us by the, the, the engineer Peter pearson and Scott. And what is not known or not particularly understood is that the album was recorded in the Academy of Sound Engineering in Cape Town. It's a working college for youngsters who want to get into the into the the business, either in radio, television or in a recording studio. Now, most youngsters these days record on uh, their computers, uh, and but uh, they don't, they're not used to musicians actually recording in a studio. And so while we were recording the album, we had about a dozen students around us all the time, sitting in the control room, watching exactly what was going on, asking questions of the engineer, why are you putting echo on that? Why are you recording the drums like that? But also they were helping out with laying the studio out, coming in, changing the microphone positions, uh, setting the whole thing up. And so it was an educational experience both for the students who were there, but also an educational experience for us being with them. Because when we had a break for lunch, we send out for a mcdonald's and fries and sit there chatting away together about why we were doing it how do you write songs like that and talking to them about the music that they like and so it was a working environment and a great experience to do
1: yeah that's uh that's amazing it's uh it's great that they got to learn from someone like yourself and i'm sure you took some learning away from that experience as well
0: we certainly did because peter Pearlson the engineer was, was the the young engineer who took Paul Simon round South Africa and introduced him to the South African musicians who played on Graceland. Uh, they actually recorded the musicians playing music in South Africa, then took that back to New York and cut it up in little segments and dropped it into the, the tracks. Uh, so they they took music from south africa to new york and and cut it together whereas we went over there and did it all in situ yeah. but it was the same engineer and so again there's although it doesn't sound anything like graceland uh, there's the same uh there's something there's a, a link between the two albums yeah a little shared musical dna <laughs> <laughs> I hope we sell a few, million, a few million coffees like Paul Simon did. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it?
1: So mm. you uh, you did the recording there in September of 2022 in Cape Town, and you did your vocals in October with engineer Dan Lucas at the Joplin House in Kent. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, uh, when I came back, uh, we, we we started to do vocals over there the, on the last two or three days, but I was pretty tired by then after. You know, as I say, 14 days on the trot, I was absolutely wiped out. And so it was very difficult to sing. So I I took three or four weeks off. And then uh, there's a local studio about 20 minutes from the house here. Went in there and put the vocals down there. And I'm glad I did because my voice was refreshed by then. And I had a chance to listen to the tracks again. And I think the vocals I've done on this album uh, are the best I've ever done on any album okay
1: well that's that's high praise from yourself because you've you've certainly done a great job throughout your throughout your career on your uh, your various records the um the documentary from neil when you were talking to neil about the influence Straub's music has had around the world did you learn some things from him that you had no idea about
0: in particular about south africa because i had no idea that uh, it was a time of apartheid, and the songs like "New World," and "Part of the Union," and uh, uh, oh, I can't remember at the moment, but they were very, very influential songs. And um, because they they were rallying points to the the, apartheid, the anti-apartheid movement, that was why the songs were so important. But also, as I was saying to you earlier, the songs have had a great deal of influence on. Uh, on not necessarily on other bands, because we've always been um, shifting and changing and evolving as we went, moved along. But it was very interesting when we first went to America, our first tour, we we did a t- the touring lineup we, we came up with that we were put on. The headline act was Santana. the, the second act was, was Joe Walsh and then the straws were third. We went on first so that was an incredible experience for us to watch people we'd we'd heard of, well, not necessarily so much Joe Walsh, uh, but Santana we obviously knew of. And Carlos Santana used to stand on the edge of the stage and watch us every night. He was absolutely fascinated by the Mellotron and he couldn't understand how we got the sound we did, which was the way in which the guitar played uh, along in chord progressions with the Mellotron. He was absolutely fascinated. And I remember going out to lunch on in San Francisco, not to lunch but for breakfast actually, with Carlos Santana and John McLaughlin, uh, just the three of us, and talking about how we got our sound and so on. It was absolutely fascinating. So we have had an influence from natural point of view as well. Yeah.
1: Well, that's great. I mean, that's three very distinctive styles of music on that tour.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, when somebody the, buys the, this. The next tour, by the way, uh, it was Billy Preston headlining and straws on on with Billy Preston. Can you imagine that? That was oh, a man. very odd lineup.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um When somebody buys the magic of it all and listens to the CD or to the record and uh, start to finish, what do you kind of hope that they take away from that experience?
0: I hope they take away the atmosphere. The flow is designed to flow all the way through. And there are little subtleties in it, such as uh, the end of, uh, before Paris nights, we were doing Snack Draw of Alice, which is, she lives in Paris. So there's a little link like that. But it's the atmosphere of the whole record. You, you can't just listen to one track and say, well, that's, a, that's the album. It all sounds like that. Because mm-hmm. it doesn't. Far from it. All the tracks sound very different. But when they all go all the way through, they tell a story. Not not an open, not, it's not a, a, a concept album. Mm-hmm. But it, it's got an atmosphere and a flow to it and a feel. And you really have to listen to the album two or three times before you get into the atmosphere of it. And that's what I hope people will do. Not listen to it once and say, oh, it doesn't sound like Straub's album this time, but have a listen to it and get into it. And that's what I find is happening. People are writing now on Facebook and saying, I've listened to it half a dozen times and I'm now beginning to understand what it's what the sound is. Many moons around the clock be a house jailhouse rock Looking back, taking stock I'm wiser now
1: So what what is next for David Cousins? What is next for the strobs? I mean, uh, you 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 did this album a year ago, and uh, here we are getting it out. And you you've already talked about the the live performance, but what else is going on with you?
0: Well, I've got a medical condition which was diagnosed in January, which is called MDS, um, hang on, myelodysplastic syndrome, uh, which is a rare blood disease. And it means that my immune system is uh, very, very compromised. So I can't go out touring. In fact, our last show, my last show on stage will be on August the 11th. After that, I'm going to concentrate on uh, just recording and writing more songs and making more Straub's albums.
1: Well, that sounds lovely for all of us that
0: are Straub's fans. Have you already started with the writing? Have you
1: already got some notes and some...
0: I'm, I'm continually there? dreaming up new ideas. Uh, since the album came, well, just about the time the album was finished, uh, I came up, uh, well, my partner Marianne, her granddaughter in South Africa, Marianne said, I think we ought to do a song for the Water Conference uh, the United Nations Water Conference in New York in three months' time. And maybe you could write a song with Kendra, a 15-year-old girl in South Africa, uh, about water. And so we communicated by Zoom calls. And the whole point of it, I, I said to Kendra, now tell me what your favourite track is. And believe it or not, she came up with uh, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. I said, is your your favorite track? She said, yeah. And so I said, well, the rhythm goes, Everybody want go to Rule the World. And play, started to play the guitar in that rhythm. And once we had that rhythm feel going, I knew that that was how the song was going to go. But I wanted her to write the lyrics. So it was an educational experience again. Because I said, I th- I think we ought to write about you, you live And you know there are zoo, as not zoos but nature reservations all around you. There are giraffes everywhere, warthogs, rhinos. I said we ought to write about animals. I said also you can look out the sea from your bedroom window, and see whales uh, in the bay. I said we've got to write about this, and so we started to write, and so we we put the whales in, and then I said, but what about the giraffes? And so. I said, how do they drink water? How on earth do they bend down to do that? And so she got her computer out and looked it up, and she said, Uh, giraffes drink water upside down. I said, do they? She said, yes, they have to bend their necks, put their heads upside down in the water, then raise their necks up and swallow the water. So we put that line in the song, giraffes drink water upside down, and we wrote that song, and about... Two months ago, it was played at the United Nations Water Conference in the General Assembly to the community to the gathered delegates. And it was played by the Minister, South African Minister for Sanitation and Water. And he played it. And at the end of it, we were watching it on, on the screen as as he was doing it. There was a ripple of applause that grew into a lovely burst of applause from the delegates. Um I thought, that is satisfaction, writing a song with a young 15-year-old girl and getting it played at the United Nations.
1: That's an amazing story. That's uh, Congratulations. That's awesome.
0: Well, it, it was lovely. We were going to put it on the album, but because the, the actual recording was done by the school choir and the school band playing Marimbas, uh, it, it did, didn't sound like a school track. It sounded like a bunch of school kids. <laughs> but blue produced it and recorded it and it sounded magnificent okay uh, you should is... look it up the water song and it's the common the commonwealth medical trust is the, is the link to go for commonwealth medical trust comat c-o-m-m-a-t the water song
1: That's great, and that's I believe that's that's an organization that does uh that installs like water um I'm I'm forgetting the word but um they help they help uh people retain water and and um have yeah
0: a- well, we we put water tanks into that's um, it, tanks that's what I was looking for <laughs> remote, remote villages in Uganda in particular and the the thing is that the during the rainy season, fine, they've got water, but they live on top of a mountain. A lot of these villages are remote and on top of mountains. And when there is no water, they have to walk down the side of the mountain, which is a two-hour walk to a lake, which is a pretty green lake. Um, They pick up water and then have to carry it back on their heads for another two hours back to the village. That means that the young children... Can't be left behind, so they have to go with their mothers, and they can't go to school, so it's affecting their education. Uh, So, in putting water tanks in, we mean it means that we're helping the education of young children, which I think is a very well worthwhile thing to do. And also, in in the rainy season, what is not understood either is that the nearest hospital is seven kilometers away, and the women, when they're getting ready in labour, have to be carried. On litters to the hospital by the men of the village on over their heads through the mud to get to the hospital for the women to give birth. And so, with us putting water in, that means that you never know, sanitation may come to the village at some time, and that's what we're hoping for.
1: That's a great, uh, great cause, amazing. David Cousins, I appreciate your time, I appreciate you telling me about this new record. It's called The Magic of It All, came out July 14th. Cherry Red Records, you can get it there. Um, you can keep up. Uh, with everything that Straub's doing on the website, and uh, thank you, thank you again for uh, coming back on the show, telling me about this. It's been a lot of fun. I'll just,
0: I'll just hold the record up for you to see. Oh, it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's one thing I want to ask you about. Uh, tell me about the artwork for this.
0: Uh, it was taken uh, by Marianne, my partner's uh, son. He's a professional photographer. It's his favorite photograph, and I said to him, I want, a sun- I want a picture of the sunrise or sunset in South Africa, and that was the picture he came up, and that's the one we've gone with.
1: And who's on the motorcycle?
0: Uh, that was a friend of his. Okay. <laughs> that's it <great>. wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I, I wouldn't have been surprised if it was, David. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it, and uh, best of luck with the record.
0: Michael, it's been a pleasure talking to you.